Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today I look at the Oscar-nominated art film called At Eternity's Gate. It stars Willem Dafoe as Vincent Van Gogh. And season three of True Detective, starring two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali and Georgia actor Stephen Dorff. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. Set in picturesque Rhone Valley, Van Gogh was inspired by the rolling hills of Provence, painting nature as he saw it through his troubled view. To pair, a wine from north of Arles, where Van Gogh painted many of his masterpieces along the Rhone River, Mas de la Dame from Le Beau de Provence, also known as the Valley of Hell. The Valley of Hell? Yes, one of the hottest regions in France. Can't wait to talk about this wine. And as it's International Women's Month, we'll share some tasty opportunities featuring women, wine, and film. I like International International Women's Month should be every month. Every day. I kind of agree. Okay. But you know, I guess they've they put us in a they put us in a month long box. There, this. There you so go. we're gonna celebrate it. But first, Gary, let's talk about at Eternity's Gate. So it's an eighty percent film on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a pretty high mark. It's directed by artist who, who's a painter and an artist, uh, Julian Schnabel. Schnabel was born in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and he moved with his family to Brownsville, Texas in nineteen sixty five. Wow. So he really grew up in the great state of Texas. He received his uh, BFA at the University of Houston. Uh, and then he did some independent studies at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York. He started making mil- movies years ago besides doing painting, painting and art. And, I mean, this is the guy that did Basquiat. Basquiat's one of the greatest documentaries ever made. Uh, he also did a film called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which was nominated for a couple Oscars. And then one of my favorites from him is a film uh, called Before Night Falls. I think that's with Javier Bardem. And he did a, another uh, documentary called Sketches of Frank Gehry. Yeah. This guy's Julian Schnabel is just really, uh, I mean, he's iconic to me. I've always just admired his work. He makes odd films, and this is a little bit odder than his other films. Um, but it's about Van Gogh and those. And it's really a bio, bio lot, or biographical drama about him. And I, 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 th- I think they're trying to figure out some of the mysteries of Van Gogh in this film because there's lots of theories about how he died. Mm-hmm. And so they're playing on one of those theories mm-hmm. and saying, no, he didn't commit suicide. Right. Even he, though he, he was probably was highly... inadvertently killed right. by a bullet. Yeah. And so they explore a little bit of that in. But it's really what I love about this is painting in the environment mm-hmm. or, you know, the French call it plein air painting where you paint outdoors and you're you're actually sitting outdoors and looking at what you're painting rather than which a lot of artists do now is take a photograph of something and then that's their kind memory of it, it and sure. then paint and do that. But uh, I think Defoe art is, conversation. I, well, Gary I work at an art gallery oh, I'm right so now. So impressed. Oh, am I the director of one of the galleries <laughs> uh, on the Big Island? Uh, four-time Oscar nominee Willem Defoe. I mean, he was. I look back on Defoe's career, and I still giggle every time I think of him in um, in a Wes Anderson film. Uh, uh, you know, where the, with a shiny little silver suit. I, I can't remember the name of the film, but he was in Heaven's Gate. He was in Streets of Fire where he had a widow speak and he was a bad guy. It's one of my favorite older films, To Live and Die in L.A. He was in Platoon. He was in Platoon. That's like the memory that I remember, yeah. He was in Mississippi Burning. He was in Murder on the Orient Express. He was nominated for uh, for the Florida Project. Last year, right? Yeah, a year ago. And then he was in that really fun bad, good bad uh, Matt Damon movie called The Great Wall. They spent like a fortune. A fortune in China fighting monsters of the wall. But uh, a lot of people don't remember this, but he was... Christ in The Last Temptation, mm-hmm. the Christ, the most protested 
film by evangelicals ever in the history mm-hmm. you know, of, our, of our country. I think he's great in this film. And when he got an Oscar nomination and we finally got around to seeing the film, mm-hmm. I went, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's great. And our last trip to Paris, we looked at quite a few Van Goghs. Quite a few Van Goghs, including his self-portrait and Starry mm-hmm. Starry Night. And, I, you know, I appreciate it in, in the film, just kind of the the exploration. I think that every every theory I've ever heard of Van Gogh was just that he was completely insane. And, mm-hmm. and that's why he would cut off his ear. And that's why, you know, he, he was so troubled. and So and, tortured. And, and, you know, eventually exiled from this town that he lived in and put into a sanitarium and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and never made any money. And never made any money. None of his artwork sold, which is just crazy. Um, but I think it kind of it delves into this theory that, yes, he was troubled, but it, he was just trying to express himself. You know, he just was having a very difficult time expressing himself. And I think also just being accepted. I think that you know, they nobody was talking about being bullied then, but I don't. You know, I almost think that that maybe he wasn't he wasn't being appreciated, mm-hmm. and 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 they just kind of you know was at least how it was portrayed. The brother just kind of kept throwing money at people just to 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 take care of him and to keep him quiet, and 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 of course you're going to be troubled if that's if that's how you're treated all the time of and yet his brother in the film uh, appears to really love him oh very uh, exactly yeah i don't i don't him. think that that uh, i am not saying that he was throwing money in a i don't want to deal right. with you right. it's just more that he had his own life and his own family but mm-hmm. but when you're when you have so much to express and you can't express it then Especially in a time where maybe people weren't as welcoming or as as understanding or as uh, appreciative, uh, you know, just think about how many troubled people there are today that yeah. just have a void or they they there's something inside them that they want to let out but they don't have the ability. Well, to. in his case, it came out in his art. In his art, and uh, and still misunderstood at the time, and then much seller. I mean, you know, some of the mm-hmm. most expensive paintings in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at the time, and I, the bullying thing really interests me because there's a scene in the movie where a bunch of kids are walking through the countryside and he's painting outside plein air and they come over and they have an encounter that's not good. Mm-hmm. And and I felt so sorry mm-hmm. for him and these spoiled little kids mm-hmm. not understanding, you know, why don't you paint this? Why don't you paint that? You know, if you're an artist and you're you're speaking your art and you're misunderstood... Um, it, that's that's really really yeah. hard. Yeah. It's you know if you're if you're an actor right now and you just want to do really weird experimental theater and you're misunderstood, that doesn't mean you're a bad actor, right? You know, but it, but uh, and eventually people may actually understand it. I think that that's as and if history can't teach us anything, you know, it, it's yeah. like what are we? How how do we go generation to generation and and kind of continue to see things like this and then see. In today's world, people that are very troubled and and seek help and yeah. and can't you know and he just lived in poverty. Yeah. I mean, he was he, he was dirty a lot, just completely in poverty. But those there's these beautiful and you have to be patient because it's an art film. It's not going to be spoon fed to you. But he's sitting outdoors in the environment, painting, mm-hmm. and it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And what he sees in light and what he sees in nature is not what you and I see. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different view of it. And as, you know, hindsight tells us, he was right. Mm-hmm. 
He was a genius. Well, and I appreciated kind of just the exploration also of his painting because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was, I think at one point they said it was like sculpture. It was, you know, it's almost a like. A lot of paint. Yeah, caked on, um, you know, layer after layer after layer, yeah. which then tells such such an interesting story. Well, if you drew a sunflower, and I drew a sunflower, and he drew a sunflower, it would be comp- his would be completely different. And yet, not necessarily completely literal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, there's an abstractness mm-hmm. to what he was doing. Yet at the same time, you know, it's speaking volumes about who he was and what he was thinking. Yeah, I've, I've, I think it's a great film. Yeah. I think it's a great little film, and it is an art film. See, but eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is about right. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's an eighty eighty five film, and it's just really fun to see. And he deserved an Oscar nomination. Yeah. We didn't think he had a chance of winning, but. Mm. But he deserved it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to pair with a wine also from this region where he painted. And couldn't think of a more appropriate wine than a rosé from Provence. Uh, it's called Mas de la Dame. It's the rosé wine that we poured when I uh, poured wine at the James Beard House with Janice. Uh, most of you, uh, if you do not know this, my amazing wife uh, was at the James Beard House in New York uh, with a very famous chef from Dallas and invited to pour wine, and just, it was one of the most great experiences of your life, and one of my favorite experiences. We loved it. Janice Provost, who owns Parigi in Dallas, and it was just such an honor, and and such a privilege, and and why we loved this wine in particular, one, it's, it is um, run, the winery is, is run by a woman, so that fit very accordingly with with Janice and her entire team and, and with me there as well. Um, but, you know, wine has been made in Provence for 2,600 years. And for probably since Roman times, they've always kind of made a rosé. They didn't necessarily call it rosé. It was just a very lightly pressed red wine. But um, but it's always rosé is kind of the iconic iconic wine of of Provence and Southern Rhone Valley. Um, and so Mas de la Dame in this, uh, this tiny little part of Provence, Le, Le Beau de Provence, um, at, when Van Gogh stumbled upon this old farmhouse that is where Mas de la Dame is now and uh-huh. was so taken by it and taken by the light. And, and they talk about, you know, artists talk about the light of Provence a lot. Cezanne also was painted the, mm-hmm. the landscapes of, of Provence because the, as, as the light hits these, these, you know, landscapes, it just, the colors change and, and the, the, there's a if you can be inspired by it, which I do think the winemakers of the region do. I think the artists that have painted the the regions have. Um, it's it's kind of mesmerizing, and so he painted this this picture of this old farmhouse that is actually on the Mas de la Dame label, which is kind of a cool Very thing cool. also. Um, so that was a perfect tie. It's a really interesting uh, rosé. It's not your typical, I know you like the just whisper of a pink kind of colored rosés from Provence. This one is a little bit darker. It's a little bit richer. It's a little bit more intense. Um, definitely more of kind of a gastronomic wine. It was a perfect wine to pair food with, not just kind of a sipping wine. It, it is ha- has a little bit more... Um, structure, I think, a little bit more complexity, and and really, really lovely. Lots of cherry, lots of berry. Um, uh, like I said, just a really great, 
great food wine and and something else. Wow, that's a great story. Just very appropriate with it um, with the the pairing with the film. Wow. I, and I, still, I'm going to go back. Watching you pour that at the James Beard house was just one of, one of the great days for me it was really fun. as I celebrated you. Thank when you. we come back on Kogel One and film A Perfect Pairing, a look at season three of True Detective starring Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff. Was it as good as season one, even season two? And some quick reactions to the recent Academy Awards ceremony. And we will be right back. In our travels, we've had the privilege of tasting some of the most delicious wines from all over the world. And we can tell you that the barrier to drinking most great wine isn't the price, it's access. There's wonderful wines that we just can't find in most stores. Wine access has been a true game changer in changing that. So easy to discover and drink wines from the best wineries around the world. Like the 2017 Lyoko Chardonnay from Sonoma County. I think it has a very focused citrus. I think it has lifted white floral notes. I also say it has a very savory minerality. Do you like me talking in the wine terms? I love it. I know. I learned this from you. And it's a good reason to celebrate. Why? Because it's $24 a bottle, and that's pretty yummy. Nice. Wine Access's team of dedicated experts tastes over 20,000 bottles of wine every year, offering us access to their favorite gems, exquisite wines, and sakis that taste like they should cost so much more. So whether it's grapes from a family vineyard or the passion project of a legendary winemaker, Wine Access shares the full story of what makes each bottle so special and delivers both the wine and its story right to your doorstep. So we want to help you discover your new favorite bottle. So we've arranged this exclusive limited time offer with Wine Access. Get 20% off these outstanding wines that are already a great value. But to get 20% off, you must go now to our special website. It's wineaccess.com slash cogill. For full details, go now to wineaccess.com Slash Cogill. That's C O G I L L. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. We are talking about what we're drinking and what we're watching, which is something we love to do. Yes. Which included wrapping up now season three of True Detective. Yeah, we're big fans of that show. Yes. So I want to go back to the original because the original, this is season three, and it's an anthology crime drama. It's written by novelist Nick, uh, I want to say his name right, Pizzolatto, very Italian, Pizzolatto. And it's in its third season about a retired detective re-examining his kind of 35-year-old case involving a 1980 disappearance of two children in Arkansas. The last time you see them is riding their bikes off kind of down the road and maybe into the woods. So season one was Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. That's one of the so good. that's one of the greatest things on television I've ever seen. It creeped me out it so bad. It creeped me out. It's, it's, Scared the daylights yeah. out of me. Was impeccably acted. Um, I, I, I think that's some of the finest TV. Season two wasn't as good. It was Vince Vaughn. Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams. Listen, they're all good. These are all in a high. They were level. all. It was a. It was definitely yeah. a good. I'm glad we watched it, but yeah. it wasn't as good as the first season. Yeah, and then now season three with uh, Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff. Um, really chatty, really talky, very talky, very moody, and and I really admire it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it has the oomph and the pop. 
I don't think any of these compare to season to one. To the first one, yeah. But I really admire it. And the more I think about it, the better it gets. It just didn't have all these big moments mm-hmm. in it. And, I mean, it had, some, it had some crime and some desperation to it. But, boy, it was talky. It was really, really talky. But there's a reason for it. And it was a little... So it's, it's kind of... It takes place over this 35 years. And you have three different time periods. You yeah. have, like, when the crime happened or when the disappearance happened, when... Um, you know, then kind of they have some new information maybe 10 years later. Right. And then some new information 30 years or 35 years later, right. kind of the, the more present When they're day, seniors. When they're very much seniors. Um, and I was kind of reading just how HBO kind of gave this the green light to do a third season. And, and they had to bring basically back in like the original director because he just his input was, mm-hmm. was so important from the first season. But then he actually bowed out of the last few episodes. So kind of some, some back and forth kind of yeah. interesting um, just as far as how... Sounds like issues. How it was made. Um, but I thought, you know, I just... I appreciate a good thriller... I've always said that, you know, like I appreciate something that makes you think and makes you kind of like, okay, how is this going to end? And so I appreciated how this played out. It it was a little talky. The ending, the ending to me, uh, was slightly unfulfilling, mm-hmm. uh, and and I get it, but it just didn't, you know. I'm going to go back to this season one had so much power to it, and maybe it's just because it was so new yeah. too, and and so well acted. Uh, Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff are great. Really great. They both deserve Emmy nominations mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. There's a reason my, why Mahershala and, Ali has won two Academy Awards now, mm-hmm. one for Green Book and then uh, the, other, the other one for the uh, um, Bray Jenkins film, Moonlight. He's just so good. I haven't seen um, Stephen Dorff in quite a while. Dorff was in a movie, it was a, I want to say it was an Australian film years ago called The Power of One. And that was a really important film for me years ago. I was kind of a young film critic, and it came along, and I had no idea who this guy was. He was just so good. But he was in Coppola's, uh, Sofia Coppola's Somewhere. He was in Cold Creek Manor, Public Enemies. But he was in two music videos, one for Aerosmith and one for Britney Spears. Okay. And it kind of made him famous back in the day. Wow. He uh, was kicked out of literally every school he's ever been in. Wow. He's been a troubled guy yeah. for a long time, and you can... Kind of watch him in this. He's he's got these quirks yeah. of just life. Seems like it's just piled on top yeah. of him. Yeah. And uh, and and I'm not sure he gets along with everyone. I, I have no idea. He might be the sweetest man in the world, but but he looks. He's really good. Stephen Dorff is really well. And good. and the wife. I don't have her name handy, but the yeah. the wife that plays Mahershala Ali's wife was was also really Fantastic. really great yeah. in this. So yeah. I, I think that it's definitely uh, will definitely hopefully be good good Emmy um, Emmy nominations. I just found it. You know, I I kind of had this whole personal. Just thinking back, you know, kind of spending important years in Arkansas, those these two little kids and how, like, this whole thing took place in and around Fayetteville. And, and so it was kind of fun to see, you know, there's campus. And it was um, shot in and around there, too. It was, it, yeah. All of it was shot in Fayetteville. Most of, like, important scenes were shot in Fayetteville. So that was kind of interesting. But I... Like, we had 35 acres of land that I would just go out and walk on. Walk to the University of Arkansas. That was probably 
I don't know, three, four or five miles. I don't remember how you far just it was. go by yourself. I would just go. I would just take off in the afternoon and start walking and walk all through the university and then walk home. It was like a trail. Well, I, you, we'd connect. I'd walk to the yeah. back of our property and then kind of connect into, you know, basically the street and then just, yeah. and, you know, it was good exercise. And, you know, I thought I was being so healthy. But I look at these two little kids. And I mean, I was maybe like, I wasn't as young as, as they were, but I was still a kid. Yeah. And like that to me. And then I think of us, of me just walking the street, you know, walking our Dallas neighborhood yeah. and before we moved and walking like I do now. It's, I, so many things could have happened to me. Well, it's I so just, creepy in this. Just, to see this and how kids just get picked up off the. Oh my, yeah. yeah. It's really troubling. It's really scary. It, it's really troubling and really creepy. Yeah. It, so that kind of. Um, you know the the as as the series plays out, um, they they're well. You need to watch it because yeah. I don't want to give anything away. It's, but re- it's really good. It's, it's just really it's very talky. good, but it's it, it is yeah. disturbing and it makes you you know what hold on to your kids and make sure you know where they are all the time. All the time, because <laughs> because so it's, if you go a little bit north, then you're into the Ozarks. Yes, and Ozark was a show that we. Oh, we loved Ozark. Ozark was the opposite of this. It had just pops of crazy stuff going on every 15 minutes. No, we've talked. Yeah, Yeah, we we like Ozark. But it's, you know, I think about also, we like Devil's Den State Park was a big part of this whole thing. We used to go there on field trips. We, you know, we... My grandmother used to tell us to go and explore a cave while she sat in the car reading her book. (laughs) I mean... You kids go off and you kids go spelunking. I'm gonna sit here and read my book. I mean, it just is amazing, and and I think that that's How did we what, all survive. That's that? that's what hits. Like now, you would never let your child do that. But yeah. it, we lived in such an it was such an innocent time. You never thought that somebody was gonna you know yeah. steal your kid. I don't know. It's and just they really did. they did. Yes. They did then and they do now. And they do now. So make sure you know where your kids are all the time. Let's talk about something. Let's talk <laughs> Let's about the Oscars start. real sure. quick. So I'm, I thought it was so odd. Watching the Oscars this year was a very odd experience. Mm-hmm. And it was odd because it was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, if, you, if Green Book is your favorite film of the year, that's, that kind of sends you over the moon when it happened. I thought it was kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. And I, when, when Glenn Close did not win the Oscar... For best actress, I thought I felt or odd. Gaga. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we we give yeah. we give the best picture to Star Is Born yeah. every time, and, yeah, and and those two performances, but but it just seemed and without a host, it kind of worked for a while, and then it, the show kind of started to derail. Mm-hmm. And they are right, and I'm not going to call the names out, but there was those three people that received one of the awards, and they got up and yeah, it was dreadful. fumbled around with a bad piece yeah. of paper. No, you say just, this line. No, you say that. Yeah, yeah I don't just know. can you just get organized a little bit if you're going to win? Even if you you have to be organized, you have to practice that. your speech. And that's the reason that's the reason people go crazy watching the yeah. show. But at the same time, the music uh, performances were great. The, yeah. the whole Gaga thing with Bradley Cooper was, I think. One of the best moments in an Oscar broadcast. Except I did want it to be introduced because, and I know they probably planned it because they just walked right up. And everybody else got an introduction. And I just thought it was a little like they should have received an introduction also. Though even if they had planned it, they still earned the right to receive an introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. 
And then they walk out? And then they walk out. Okay. Just give them a little, okay. give them a little background. Give them a little love. Yeah, that song was great. Oh, my God. I, it's, I, think, I think just them. And I could care less whether they kissed or not or whether she, they've all, <gasps> oh. they, she, he's, he's, He's got a baby. He's and happy, I know. Woman in his life. I She's know. not interested in him, but they're interested in each other professionally, I think. And yes. that's all can come out. But I, I just, uh, they could, they, when it always bothers me when a, when you have a best director, and it was Alfonso Caron for Roma. Yes. And he won the Oscar for Best, best Cinematography yes. and Best Foreign Language Film. And then they give the best picture to another person, to another, to another person's film. I, I want them to neatly add up, and they don't neatly they add don't up. They don't ever Haley. do that. I know, baby. They just, they, Sometimes it just doesn't. I want work it that neater. Way. I'm sorry. I want it. I mean, it just that didn't make any sense to me. So I listen. I admire Green Book, and I think it's a really good film. I can name seven other films that I think are better films, actually. Yeah. But um, but but it's a fine mm-hmm. film, and I have no, I'm really no problem with that. I'm still disappointed in Glenn Close not winning because she's great in that. You film. You think Rami Malek? That was a good call. I would have given it to Bradley Cooper. I would too. Because he sang his own songs. Yes. He didn't lip sync. Yes. Just, just me. Yeah. But he's great. Yeah. You know, you know he's, the, he's the next Bond villain. I could see that. Yeah. Remy Malik's going to be the next Bond villain. That'll be good. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Anyway, that's my take. And I thought it was just kind of odd, and I felt, I felt like the show was incomplete. It just felt odd to me. Well. But, it, you know. By the time the one, Oscars roll one, around, I'm, I was going to say one more Oscars gone. Next year will be even probably more disappointing for you because they're changing it up again. I think that they're because it's going to be early in February instead of the end of February. And I and I want to say, I don't know. I read a press release on it six months ago, but but I know that changes to the whole format of the show are yeah, coming. Yeah, th- I think they're tricking it up by trying to go too young. Yeah. And when they and and they don't they don't they feel now like they don't have a sense of history, and maybe it's just my age speaking. But without a sense of history, and understanding, even in memoriam when people pass, yeah, they, you know, you can do a better job of that. Well, but. I think that they're trying to trick it up, and basically by doing that, you lose the whole you lose the whole power of the award. You you lose the, completely. You lose the the respect that the Oscar that receiving an Oscar should have. It's nice and, to win a SAG after award. It's nice to win a Golden Globe, yeah. but the Oscar is on a completely different, different level. level. Exactly. And and so I think that, you know, it's they did that when they opened up to what 10 yeah. 10 best picture nominees. Yeah. So yeah. when you when every when all of a sudden everybody gets to play um you kind of lose the the what it means to actually earn a right. It's a watered nomination. down. It's completely watered yeah. down. And when they start pulling categories out and not not honoring them, yeah. it, none of that makes any sense. They they're flailing to me, and they're flailing for all the wrong reasons. Just celebrate film, mm-hmm. celebrate it on the highest level, and always focus that this is an art form and it's awesome. And it should, yeah. And, and it'll all play out. And two awards that I think we were completely excited about were Regina King and Rachelle yep. Ali. Yep. So yeah, I think we ran to pattern. I like this little hat. Right, that, yeah. Everyone it, looked gorgeous. It's hard to give a Best Picture award to a foreign language film in black and white that half the people that voting probably never saw. That's true. It's hard for them, mm-hmm. and I, I understand that. So I'm going to talk women for a moment. Yeah, let's because do it. it is International uh, Women's Month. Uh, we are on the heels of International or National Women's Day, which was March 8th. And so we're going to celebrate some women 
and film and wine, oh, which it. I kind of think is is a nice thing. So a couple things that are happening right now that are are of interest. If say you are a female and um, interested in the film world, Chloe. The Chloe Wine Collection, which has a winemaker, her name is Georgetta Dane. Um, She makes eight different wines, including Pinot Grigio, Prosecco. She has a really lovely Central Coast Rosé. They're all under $20, so super, you know, affordable and accessible. Um, She has teamed up with Women in Film to create a contest called the She Directed Filmmaker Contest, which focuses on films that put women in the center of the story. And the uh, I think that this was kind of announced right after the Oscars or right before the Oscars, but you have until, I want to say, the first part of June to submit an entry if you are a female filmmaker um, to submit an entry that puts women in the center of the story. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, complete female cast, but right. it has to be and directed women, by a female. Women in the center of the story and it has yeah. to be a, fe- uh, a woman um, as the director and we'll put a link on our website of how to kind of get more information. But kind of the whole thing about this and and really what is so interesting and I think we've talked about several times on the show is, you know, that that Though women make up such a huge part of our, you know, population, there are so few female winemakers. There are so few female filmmakers. There are so few female head chefs yep. and restaurant owners. And I mean, I think about it. I work in a restaurant that there are a handful of women in our kitchen, and all of them are prep cooks. Nobody's directly on the line. Wow. And um, kind of what the the whole purpose of of Chloe Wine being involved is is that they they are trying to to challenge this whole gender disparity um only 10% of California winemakers for instance are women uh women account for only 7% of kind of the the main films that people are going yeah, to see really right low. now it's, it's very really low. very low yeah, um and so this whole contest is to kind of help change that narrative which i think is is really exciting and again we'll have some uh information for how to get involved if you're Mm -hmm. interested on our website but um then also kind of going around the country this month um there's a new film called a fine line that was directed by filmmaker joanna james and it chronicles the challenges faced by female chefs in a male-dominated industry. So it's a film about female chefs it's, it's, in a male-dominated. And, and so yes, it's and it's kind of the same thing. Cool. Only seven percent of of females run their own kitchen yeah. or have their own restaurant. And um, really, kind of interesting. Uh, you can go right now to their website, a fine line, and just kind of see the trailer for it. But Kat Cora's in it. Lydia Bastianich is in it. Um, Tiffany Faison is in it. There, there's some kind of really powerful women um, chefs that that are being featured in it. And throughout the month of March, they're going around and doing these different screenings in different cities. I want to say Dallas's was just on um, the 9th, but they're going to be in Napa doing a couple different events with uh, McRosty Wine and Markham Vineyards. The end of the month, they're going to do an event in Savannah and Chicago and San Francisco. And so it's it's kind of nice to see. I, I hope that a film like this will will have some more legs. It's it's done some nice kind of uh, film 
uh, film festival circuit. Right. And so hopefully, if nothing else, it'll just be picked up by a Netflix or something. So that, that'd be awesome. So that it it can really get the the story. So they're doing out. the circuit now. Yeah, and, with, and cool. And you know, just kind of a from. yeah, just kind of a, a way to to celebrate women in in these industries. You know, I'm I'm so proud to be a member of La Dame's Discofia, even though I'm I, I don't get to see those ladies very much anymore in Dallas. But you know, it's a whole organization that that is voted on to be included. You have to have legs in the industry. You have to have, a, a, you know, a, I want to say you had to have at least eight years within the industry to even be considered and and then to be invited. And basically the whole goal is to promote women in the industry, mentor women in the industry, support women in the industry, because because there's still so few of us. And whether it be a wine maker, a wine writer, whether it be a chef or a food critic or a you know, it, it, it's it's tough. Yeah. And you would think that it, in this day and age, it wouldn't be. Well, we get these shiny objects, like the like um, the favorite comes out. We all think, oh, women in film, and it's all three of them, and you know. But that was a male director, also, and uh, which is fine. But um, we get these shiny objects, but the statistics don't lie. There's, mm-hmm. The numbers are still very low, even though some are celebrated very very much. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. if you, I, can't wait. I think it's just mainly if you if you have an interest, then there are opportunities out there, yeah. and and I'd like to see, you know, it's nice to see big organizations kind of getting behind um, supporting yeah. women in these roles. So nice, it's good. and it's going to happen all month. <laughs> Happy International Wine Month. There you go. Or no, it's Women Month. I've done that twice. Happy International Women's Month. It's always International Wine Month. It's always International Wine Month. It's it's all local wine, international, whatever. Yes. Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, more Oscar-contending films either in theaters or even on-demand in television shows as well. But for more on our conversation today, follow our blog on kogelconsulting.com or through Facebook. Be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha.